Welcome back to Voice of Thunder. Should Christians follow the Old Testament law? Should they? Should Christians follow and obey the Ten Commandments? Well, yeah, Lance. I mean, we, we should follow the Ten Commandments. I mean, we, we, we put them in our, in our courthouses. We put them on the side of our churches, the Ten Commandments. We, we should follow the Ten Commandments. Okay. Why would you obey the Ten Commandments, which are part of the law, and not the rest of the law given by Moses? Why are you keeping only part of it and not all of it? If Christians are to keep the law, then why, are, why do we not keep all of it? This is an important question to ask ourselves. This is open. When you start talking about this, this is a can of worms. In the next few podcasts, we're going to talk about the law and the gospel, uh, how those relate to each other. How does the law and the new covenant relate to each other? If you believe, you say, yes, we are to obey the Ten Commandments. If you believe that, then why don't you obey everything else the law commands? Why not obey everything else? There are plenty of places in the law. If you say, if you just limited it to the Ten Commandments, every person that says we should, as Christians, we should obey the Ten Commandments, you are a backslider and a sinner and a lawbreaker if you believe that we are under the authority of the Ten Commandments. For instance, Nehemiah 10.31 And the people of a land bring ware or any victuals, which is just food, on the Sabbath day to sell, that we should not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day, and that we should not leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. It's saying, look, on the Sabbath day, we're not going to buy or sell food. Every time you go to that Mexican restaurant after church on Sunday, if that is your Sabbath, you have broken the Ten Commandments. If you say, well, no, it's Saturday is my Sabbath. Every time you buy a pizza and you go home and you eat it with your family, every time you go grocery shopping, on Saturday, every time you make an order or a purchase through Amazon on Saturday or Sunday, every time that you go out and you purchase or buy or sell anything on those days, you are a lawbreaker. You're a backslider. We as New Testament Christians have, have ingrained in our mind this idea that the Sabbath is about worshiping God, going to church and worshiping God. That was not how they viewed the Sabbath. That's not what the Sabbath is. It is a day of rest. If you go study what the Sabbath is, you're a lawbreaker according to the Sabbath. In Exodus 16.22, they are commanded to not go and, and, and pick up on the Sabbath day any bread. The day before, they're going to get double so that with the next day, or excuse me, the manna, they're not going to get it the next day because God will provide for them. That Sabbath is a day of rest. If you go grocery shopping on the Sabbath, you are a lawbreaker. You're a backslider. You have broken the Ten Commandments. The same commandments where it says don't commit adultery, don't murder. You're, you're a mur- you, you, are, you have committed and broken those trans- the Ten Commandments. If you break the Sabbath. It's a package deal. And if you break part, you, you're a law breaker. Numbers 15.32. This is how serious it is. And while the children of Israel... Were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks on the Sabbath day, and they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. They put him in war because it was not declared what should be done with him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. 
All the congregation shall stone him with stones. Well, they can't think about that. This guy's just outside moving tree limbs in his yard. And they see that. They pick him up. And they take him. Put him in captivity. God speaks and says, put the man to death because he had broke the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. Every time you buy, you sell, you, you go grocery shopping, you go out and you move limbs in your front yard, you cut your yard. If you view Saturday as your day of rest or you view Sunday as your day of rest, whichever day you view it, it's irrelevant. Every time you do that, you are a law breaker. You're told in Exodus 35.3 not to even kindle a fire in your dwelling on the Sabbath day. You can't go over there and turn on a thermostat at your house and put firewood over there on your, on your fireplace on the Sabbath. It is a day of rest. So you are a lawbreaker if you're doing this. There are plenty of other Old Testament laws, such as on tithing. We talk about tithing all the time, and we point back to the Old Testament for tithing. But, but those people who push tithing the most from the Old Testament... I believe the people who have looked the least at what it says. This is what it says right here in Deuteronomy 14, 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, the place his name there, the tithe of the corn, the wine, the oil, and the firstling of herds and the flocks. They were to come together. This is, of course, before the temple has come. But they're there at the tabernacle. And they're to take all their first fruits and all their stuff. And then sit down there and have, the, have a feast and eat it all there at the tabernacle. They also are to take the tithe and feed the preacher. To feed the, the Levites with it. It is meant to come and meant to feed them. Because they have no possession. No land of possession. So if we believe tithing the way that but the Bible describes tithing, that means that every Christian, mandatory, should have to have a field out behind their house, certain time of the year, we should all gather together, and we should eat all of it together. It also says in the Old Testament that you're to have a field and, and, and use the food to give for the poor. That means every Christian must have a garden out behind that. It is commanded. You don't, I don't care if you live in an apartment. You can go buy some land somewhere and you need to grow a garden and you need to go out there and give to the poor. That's your tithe. We have oftentimes viewed tithe as the money, the income, and certainly that was included. But it was more than that. It was, the tithe was also part of making sure that you fed the poor and you fed the preacher. You fed the Levites. Because Levites had no possession. And let's not even get into the discussion about if we're really going to be that close and be that, try to follow the law and, and, and think that we're under the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament law. Does that mean the preacher is allowed to own land? That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, when you start really looking at this stuff and asking hard questions, there's not a person out there who's not a lawbreaker. There's not a person out there who's not a lawbreaker. Even New Testament Christians and, and, and Christians who love God and are faithful to God. And, and, but if you believe you're under the Ten Commandments, you have to be under all the law. And just according to the Ten Commandments, you're a lawbreaker. And underneath the rest of the law, you're a lawbreaker. Now, in saying all this, I, I want to clarify a few things before I get any further in this discussion. The reason, number one, the reason why this matters, first things first, it, this matters because we want to please God. I'm not bringing this up just to cause argument or whatever. I'm bringing it up because it is so, I believe it is so important. We live a life of God that is pleasing. That we need to have an understanding of why we do what we do. To ask some hard questions of ourselves and the word of God. And make sure that we are living in accordance with what it teaches. 
if what this is saying is true, then we are obligated, if what you're saying is true, that we are to follow the Ten Commandments totally, then you're commanded to keep all the law. We have to be very careful as we are living this Christian life to be clear on why we do what we do. All right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is I, I'm not promoting lawlessness with this. I want to clarify that. I'm not promoting us to be unrighteous. I, I, I'm not promoting murder or adultery. Or Look, I still believe that we are under... We are to be as holy as God is holy. I'm, I'm, look, I, I am not promoting unrighteousness with this series of podcasts. That's not the purpose. The goal is to clarify why we do what we do. And it's not as cut and dry as you think. When you start comparing and searching the New Testament, you start discovering it is far more difficult than you realize. I, I, I did a large discussion, a large excuse me, study of this. And I spent, first of all, I read a book, uh, Five Views on the Law, um, 400 pages, five different Bible scholars, four or five different Bible scholars, uh, Douglas Moo, Walter Kaiser, several other ones are in there. I, I did a lot of study and prep for this. It's been, been numerous weeks working on it for my own self. And, and now that I've kind of come to my conclusions and researched it, I want to I give it to you. And, and, and the, go, the goal of this is to please him. How do I live in a way that pleases him? I want to make sure I'm doing what the Word says and doing it for the right reasons. And the last thing I, I want to clarify is, is there are certain viewpoints. As we're walking, we're going to be talking about this for a few weeks. And so there's going to be a few, some certain viewpoints I'm not including in this discussion. Now, if you want, if these viewpoints represent a group you're a part of and, and you're really struggling, look, I, I, I'll, I'll do some podcasts on that. Message me or whatever. Tell me the situation and, and, and we'll look at it. But there's going to be three viewpoints that will not be included. Number one, there are some today who teach that we are to unhitch the Old Testament. Andy Stanley's came along and said that recently within the last few years. Unhitch it. And it sounds like they believe that it should have no part, not even part of the discussion of, of the Christian life. And that's just on its, on its face, that's wrong. It, it's outside of the the sphere of Bible-believing Christians because the Bible says all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for training in righteousness. So that's outside the discussion, right? I mean, anyone who would say, you can just throw it out, it's good history, but that's it. I'm sorry, but it, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is truth and it's good for training in righteousness. I'm sorry, that's outside of the sphere. You're, 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 you're no long, you don't have a place at the table of discussion about this because that's outside of the sphere of Bible teaching. We just want to submit to the Word of God, and that's, you can't, the Bible is plainly against that. Second viewpoint that we're not going to include here is people who think that all of the Old Testament laws are to be included, such as dietary laws. Paul is very plain. Don't let anyone judge you in food or drink. He said, but, but, but basically, you're free. Uh, in the book of Acts, they, whenever they're required, there becomes a discussion among the those who are saved from the Pharisee sect, and then it becomes a discussion about whether or not the Gentiles should keep Moses' laws and kosher laws. And, and they make a decree saying, look, that's, we're not going to make them do that. We're not going to require them to, to keep any of that. Right? It's, it's Jesus said in the book of Mark also that he declared all foods clean. Talking about it's not what comes uh, into a man, but what comes out of a man that defiles him. It's not in food or drink. So, again, in all of that... That, those viewpoints are not going to be included here. Anyone who tries to argue about what day the Sabbath should be on and that it's, it's, it's part of your salvation, 
that, that the Sabbath, all of that, that is not included in this discussion. For those, those different viewpoints who would say you have to hold to almost all of the Old Testament laws or you do have to hold to all the Old Testament laws, we're not including those because any Bible-believing Christian, someone who, who has read the Word of God cover to cover, you can look at that and say on its face, that, that's false. You've read enough of the Bible to know it's very plain that the Sabbath keeping and the dietary laws and ceremonial laws have all been abolished. They're not to be kept. You don't have a voice at the table of this discussion because it's so plainly outside of the Word of God. The last viewpoint that's not going to be included is those who think that this saves you. That in some way, shape, or form, that these things save you. That keeping law, law keeping saves you. That's not included the table of discussion. The viewpoints that we're going to be discussing are people who are Bible-believing. Jesus' blood alone saves you. Faith, through faith in Christ saves you. Nothing else can do that except the blood alone. And faith alone in Christ. Nothing else outside of that saves you. So no other that those the viewpoints at this table are those who believe your justification is based upon what where Christ has placed you in your position to God, not where my good works or my law keeping can keep me in place with God. Okay, so that's the, I'm just clarifying. Those are the viewpoints aren't going to be part of this discussion. Okay, I hope this is going to be helpful to you. Like I said, this could be the next uh, few weeks. We're going to be talking about this. And, and I, again, the desire is to say, how do we please God? How do we view the Old Testament law? How do we view this, the, the Ten Commandments, the ceremonial laws, the civil laws? The, how, how do we live this Christian life well? That's our, that should be our desire and our goal. And, and to make sure we understand why. The most dangerous and powerful and useful word is why. Why are we doing what we are doing? I, again, 400 pages, uh, over 100 plus verses I have looked over uh, to prepare for this, and I hope it will be useful for you. God bless.